This past week, I was joking with Pastor Samantha that in the course of uh, two Sundays, she gets to hear my longest ever and my shortest ever sermon here at East Chestnut. Now, if you weren't here last Sunday and are worried about which one you're going to hear this morning, <laughs> newsflash, you get the shorter one. Let's pray. Dear God, it seems that we come to times in our world and in our church where we recognize our great need and dependence upon you. And now is one of those times. And so we ask for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. So that we might receive the new light and life and love that springs forth eternally from your word as we gather around it in community. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So here we are on this final Sunday in our eight part series, and we reach what John Paul Lederach says is the very culmination, the Mount Everest of God's salvation story unfolding steadily in Scripture, culminating in the story of God moving toward our world in Jesus Christ. Not to condemn our world, but in order that through Jesus the world might be saved and healed and reconciled. And in Lederach's final chapter, he finally makes clear what he's been hinting at all along. Reconciliation isn't just some little quaint part of the gospel, reconciliation is the gospel. Jesus comes to our world to call us to defect from Rome's empire of violence and greed and domination and to enter into God's kingdom of love and justice and forgiveness. And along the way, he extends a special invitation to those who are broken in body or mind or spirit. And many of these folks experience God's love, reconciling love for them for the very first time. And for all of this, Jesus is soon regarded as public enemy number one by the political and religious and spiritual powers that be, and they all conspire together to have him tortured and killed 
out on a hill outside of Jerusalem. I invite you to look at Dewey's beautiful bulletin cover today. In the cross, the powers that be throw all of their violence at Jesus to extinguish and snuff out his life and ministry. Look at the spears in that cross. And how does Jesus, with his arms extended to the whole world, respond? How does he respond? Abba, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. From his unjust and brutal death comes forth life and reconciliation for all. Look at the rose. That was an exclamation point on the end of my... Thank you very much. Look at the rose. Here is God drawing good from evil so wisely and so beautifully for the reconciliation of our world and of all of creation. And friends, as our 2 Corinthians 5 reading makes so clear today, we, the recipients of God's reconciliation, are now called to become agents of that reconciliation ourselves. God's reconciliation, this reconciling love from God, we are not to be its final recipients or its final destination. It is meant to move through us. We are called to participate in this same ministry now of moving toward toward others, ourselves, toward human troubles, toward messy conflicts and suffering. This is how God's reconciling ways can be seen and experienced and believed by others. And by us. And so this morning, we conclude our series at a very challenging time in our world, in our church. Violence, raising up walls and separation from others seems to be the order of the day, doesn't it? I feel all of these impulses deep within my own soul. Do you as well? Do you as well? But our Lord Jesus, 
has shown us a more excellent way. A way we never would have known apart from Him. Who would have known that we could overcome evil with good? Who would have known apart from Jesus? And so let me invite us now to carry one simple word into our businesses and workplaces and schoolyards and neighborhoods toward. In every situation, you can just pray to know, am I moving toward or away from this person, this situation? Let's say that word together, toward. In a world that so often runs away from those who are suffering, away from those who are regarded as our enemies, we are called to move toward them. This is radical stuff. We choose, Lederach says, to move toward those who have experienced the deepest division the deepest separation, because this is God's mission. And this is the way of Jesus. And as we heard two weeks ago in Matthew 18, we heard the good news that whenever two or three of us get together to do this twarding work, Jesus promises to be with us and to empower us in a very special way. In a time of silence now, I invite you to turn to the experiments in our bulletin and invite the Holy Spirit to draw you to one of them. Amen.